hear your voice. We will not turn away. We will do as you have asked. To the glory of your name. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, speak to your people. Pull us out of ordinary. Pull us out of that mold. There is work to be done. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. It was a dream I had. And in this dream, I was in a highway. And you know, these 18 wheelers that take all these cars, taking them to the dealership. And there were two layers on top of the 18 wheeler. And cars were parked, about eight of them on the first level, and about eight of them on the second level, and then it's kind of slanted, and there was one more car parked there. And it was, I was standing by the road, and the thing passed by, and immediately passed by, I woke up in the night. And I believe what God spoke in my heart was that a lot of us Christians, we've been washed clean. We are shining on the outside. We are clean. We've been saved. We've been set free. We're righteous. But we're just being told along to our destination. And inside of us, there are seats inside the car where we can take people along with us to that same destination we're going. But we're just comfortable to sit and let another bigger one, stronger one, just pull us along. Empty. And I said, Lord, why? What is going on? Why? We've heard sermons. We know the word. We know what you say. We have been saved. Somebody took time to come talk to us. Some of you here, all of you here. Either God spoke to you and radically changed your life. Or someone took the time and stayed with you. And walked with you. Until you came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I said, Lord, if I, today, am that same person who led me to the Lord, will I be saved? If the person that led you to the Lord, if their Christian life and walk with Jesus is the same, exactly the same as yours is today, will you be a Christian? Will you be saved? And I believe God is telling us not to settle for ordinary. God is telling us not to settle for where we are right now. Will you be limited by how others define you? Will you be limited by the background you came from? Maybe your experiences as a child, all the things that happened to you, will you let it fit you in a mold that you just stay in and become natural and become ordinary? This sermon today is not just a regular sermon. If you're here today, you're going to make a decision. This is not a time 
If you know and if you see what is going on, this is not the time for the church to sleep. Everyone has to do something. If the blood of Jesus that was shed for you means anything. It's now or never. And if we don't do it now, it will never be done. The time is so close by. I'm going to read some scripture here. I have a lot of scriptures. We'll see how far we can go today. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. So he came to Nazareth, talking about Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. And all the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words that proceeded from his mouth. (laughs) And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Is this not Joseph's son? Is this not the carpenter that we know that has grown up among us for the past 30 years? Is it not just that ordinary young boy, ordinary young man that we know that nothing has ever come out of his life? Just one of us? Even Jesus was attempted to be pushed into a mold. Of ordinary. Maybe you are here today, there's no one in your family that has done anything significant for the Lord. There's no one that you can look up to and can say, okay, I'm following this person. But God is saying to you today that you can break out of that mold, that you can break out and do supernatural and extraordinary things just like our Savior did. In John chapter 1, 45, 46, we see it again. Philip went to find Antonia, his brother, and said, We have found the one whom Moses is talking about. We have found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And verse 46, And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That was Jesus. That's who they're talking about. What if Jesus had agreed with them, Well, I'm from Nazareth. Nothing good ever comes out of Nazareth. Nobody has ever made any waves in Nazareth. Remember, he was all man. He was all man, just like you and I. He was stereotyped as someone who would never make it because of where he came from. But Jesus refused to be fit, to be molded into that. And that's what I'm calling us. This is a solemn assembly. That we must resist, resist the mold. Resist just being ordinary. Resist just coming to church on Sunday, maybe on Wednesday, go to work, then another day starts. 
Push yourself to do something for the Lord, no matter what. Push yourself to go a little bit farther than you've done before. Push yourself to do something for God that will last for eternity. Push yourself. Push yourself. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. I have not seen anyone that God used. I have not seen anyone God used and picked them from the highest. Look at Esther. She was an orphan girl. Orphan. And God set the stage for her. And she followed the steps God set for her. And even when she was afraid, she had her uncle Mordecai that came to say, Esther, no, 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 no. You must do what the Lord has put you there for. Peradventure, you were born at a time like this. You, I'm here, I'm Mordecai for you this morning. I'm the voice of Mordecai to you, Esther, this morning. Peradventure, you were born at a time like this. Peradventure, God brought you and brought you to this world at a time like this. Baby, what you have been through, what you are going through now, is God setting the stage for you. Like he did for Esther. Like he did for Gideon. Gideon was being pushed. Gideon was being attacked. The whole of Israel, they were so much under oppression. And Gideon went into a hole to hide. To thresh, to threshing floor. That's where he was hiding. And that's where God found him. And God said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Do you know what he told God? He said, are you, who, who are you talking about? It's not me. Do you know who I am? I am of the least tribes. My family is of the least families. And even in my family, I'm the least person. Mighty man of valor? But what did God tell him? God said, no, it is in your hands that the whole of Israel will be saved. A man who didn't even think he was worth anything. But he dared to believe God. And even the army, he went and he gathered a huge army. That's why I'm saying, I don't need 2,000 people to do what God has called us to do. All of you here, we are enough. More than enough. God will provide for us to reach souls. God will provide for us to reach those that have been unreached. He went and gathered a huge army. God said, no, you don't need all of that. Let's cut it down. He still went, God said, cut it even down. Cut it down to 300 men. 300 men it took to save the whole nation of Israel. Jesus had only 12 apostles. He turned the world upside down with 12 people. And one of them even betrayed him. So for most of the party was 11 until they got the other guy in to take the place of Judas. So don't ever think you, ha- you don't have what it takes. I'm begging you. I'm telling you what I've seen. This is not the time to you for us to do things as they were before. Really not. I'm begging you. We have to reject the ordinary. Job 26.14 It says, Indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. Everything we've experienced, everything we see, where we are right now, it says, these are the mere edges. 
edge is the tip of his way. How small a whisper we hear of him. All we are hearing is a whisper. He says, but the thunder of his power. Kasha. The thunder of his power who can understand. Don't you want to hear the thunder of his power? Are you confident? Are you satisfied with just a whisper? With just the mere edges? Last Sunday we had Bishop here with us. When we went out for lunch. During that COVID, do you know that woman reached 150 nations? During COVID, she was sitting in her home ministering to 150 nations. She's 75 years old. She was doing a radio program. God connected her with a man and through a radio program in Uganda, the first time she said she didn't even realize she would have to tape like five minutes because they use WhatsApp. She would audio tape five minutes. That's how long it can take. Then it will cut. Then she would do another five minutes. Then it will cut. She would do another five minutes. That's how... In those little cuts, they did a radio program. And this radio program, at one time, 400 prostitutes got saved. And they now became evangelists going into the brothels, getting others saved. She felt led by the Lord to do communion because they have a lot of Catholics over there that couldn't get communion because of the COVID. She used the opportunity to teach them about communion. And taking communion in their homes, people were getting healed. To the point news now went about that they say, oh, that woman on radio, let's go to the Lord's table. That's what they now called it. People getting saved and healed. And she's in Tulsa, speaking on a little phone, five, five minutes each section, taking almost all day. And some of us are... Concerned about we didn't have food to eat. In the, we went to the store. There's no food. Oh, this one is doing this. We're fighting this. What is it going to take for you to go to somebody you don't know and say, let me tell you about Jesus? We know the word. We know there is heaven and hell. We can see all the signs of the end here with us. We have family members who are not saved. We have friends who are not saved. We have loved ones. We have co-workers who are not saved. And we are comfortable. We are comfortable. That's the scary part of it. We are very comfortable. Let them go to hell. Is what we are saying. Because we just are comfortable and stuck and comfortable in the way we've done things and it has to stay that way. Wake up! We are the ones that we do it. Jesus is not going to come back. He's relying on you. He's relying on me. I'm, I'm challenging myself too this morning. Isaiah 8 verse 18 says, Here I am and the children whom the Lord has given me we are for signs and wonders. From the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Acts 1 8. 
He said, and you shall receive what? You shall receive what? That's what he said you, you will receive. And who is talking? He says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We all, most of us here have the Holy Spirit. So you have that power. He said you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. You have received power. You're sitting down and you are powerful. You are supernatural. You are extraordinary. The power we have was not designed to be silent. The power that Jesus had was not silent. He went about, the Bible says, doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And in that same power, he's telling us that he's giving us. In Matthew 10, I'll read verse 1 and I'll read verse 7. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits. You see them again, he gave them what again? He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and diseases. And as you go, he said, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's the same commission, the same call that we have. It's the same sending that he's sending us. We have to do something. I will keep saying it in this message. Because it's, 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 you see what's happening in other countries. It's coming. It's coming. The, the, the persecution is coming. If somebody puts a gun in your head and says, deny Jesus... How many of us here, we really, what we would do? Think about it. People are being, it's, it's happening all over. People are being killed. Because they will not deny Jesus. So what do we do? Or what is ordinary? Let me first of all define what, when I talk about ordinary, the things we must resist. Let, let, me, let me read the scripture and then let me tell you what ordinary is. What natural is. I'm going to go to Leviticus chapter 6 to read verses 12 and 13. He was talking to the priest. And the Bible says in Revelation that he has called us as priests and kings, right? And verse 12 says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, it shall not be put out. And the priest, that's me and you, we shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering on it. We are the sacrifice. Lay on it and burn the fat of the peace offering. A fire shall always, not sometimes, always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. It shall never go out. There's such a high demand on our lives. So much going on. So many voices. Everything trying to put that fire out. So much. It's so hard to go against the grain. It's just easier to flow with the comfort. To flow with what we are used to. What we've always done is so easy. 
And that quenches the fire. It really does. You have to, as a Christian, go against the grain. Jesus says the road is wide that leads to destruction, but he says the road is very narrow that leads to life, and only few will find it. Forget what everybody else is doing. On your own, make an effort. It will cost you something. It will cost you something. And remember, Abraham said, I will not give to the Lord anything that costs me nothing. Be willing. Let's be willing to pay a price. To give up something. To discomfort ourselves. To come out of our comfort zone. To step out of the mold that we have been in. To do something a little bit different. Matthew 24 verse 12. He says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The abundance of unrighteousness brings our fire down. Brings the zeal, the vitality, the push, the drive. It brings it down. Second Timothy verse, chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. It says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Do you see that? Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. I mean, am I talking about our society? Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Proud people. Lovers of pleasure. Rather than lovers of God. When you see lack of spiritual zeal and intensity, the fire is going out. When you're up today, down tomorrow, the fire is going out. When there's spiritual stagnation, staleness, dryness, you don't hear from God, no desire, the fire is going out. When there's no excitement or motivation for spiritual things, in church, yeah, but Monday through Saturday, no excitement, no zeal, like that car, like that 18-wheeler just being pushed along, the fire is going out. When you are not spiritually aware or alert and awake, the fire is going out. When we are not making any spiritual impact or relevance, just day in, day out, day in, day out, go to work, come back, eat, go to sleep, go to work, come back, eat, one year is gone, go to work, come back, eat, five years is gone. I mean, what do you have to give Jesus when you see him face to face? We're going to look at seven keys. I may not finish it today. Of what we have to do to come out of ordinary. We're going to look at them. Number one is brokenness. Brokenness. These scriptures, please go home and study them. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. It says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. It says, Break up your fallow ground. 
For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. A broken man, a broken woman is one who recognizes that they need God in everything they do. In everything they do. Brokenness is a gift from God because it frees you of pride and arrogance. It really does. Because when you're broken, there's, not, you're, you're, there's nothing to be proud about. You're broken. And brokenness is a secret for maintaining the fire and the power of God. The two loaves and five fishes were of no use until they were broken. When they put them in the hands of the master and he broke them, just two fish, five loaves, surrendered themselves in the hand of the master. And once broken, he fed thousands of people. The same with you and I. When we allowed God to break us, some of us, we are too intact. We are too strong. We, are too mo- we, we, we think too much of ourselves. But when you allow the Lord to break you, then the fragrance, like the wo- woman Mary with the alabaster box, when she came to Jesus, when she broke that alabaster and anointed his, his feet and she washed, washed his feet with her hair, humbled herself, the fragrance, the Bible says, filled the whole room. But that thing didn't happen until she came and broke that box. Genesis chapter 7 verse 11. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. The windows of heaven will not be opened over a man who is not broken on earth. The windows of heaven to be opened over our lives for us to be able to do supernatural things, extraordinary things, the fountains of the deep have to be broken up here on earth. No matter how deep it is, rooted, deeply rooted in your life, pull it out and let God break it. Because once that thing is broken, you know whatever area is holding you back. That, whole, that thing that's making you not take that extra step. You know it. I know what mine is. Fear. What would they say? Everybody knows what their own weak point is. But let God break that. Let God break it. Because once it's broken, the windows of heaven will be open over your life. Very quiet here this morning. (laughs) Be humble. God will use you when you're humble and you're broken. Sometimes, you know, things happen to us and instead of we letting it break us, it hardens us towards God. People experience things and you see them, you know, writing things and saying things and you're just like, you know, paraventure, that hurt, that pain, that betrayal, that church hurt, was God setting a stage for you? Was God setting a stage for you to step up higher 
to not just be like an ordinary Christian who gets offended and hops to another church, gets offended and hops to another church, put it on Facebook and all of that. God may have just prepared a stage for you to become supernatural, to become extraordinary. And you know what? You just walk past it. Because your flesh is too strong. You are too strong. God wants to bring us to a point where we cannot boast. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29, the New Living Translation. It's remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Maybe God is trying to get you to that point where you don't have anything to boast about. Maybe God is getting you to that point where you become nothing in his eyes. Because when you really become nothing in his eyes and say, Lord, I'm nothing. I, I'm, I don't have it. I'm nothing. You know what? You qualify to be used. When you say, Lord, I don't have anything to boast about. I don't have the education. I don't have the background. I don't have the, the good accent. I don't have the money. I don't have the looks. I don't have the background. I don't have what it takes, Lord. But I'm a willing vessel. Guess what? You qualify. I've never seen God use... Look at all the people God uses. Look at Billy Graham. Look at Kenneth Hagin. Look at all the fathers of faith. Look at T.L. Osborne. Look at all of them. Which one did you see was like high, high, high up there? God will pick them from the street. God will pick them from nothing and bring them up because they were willing to do something extraordinary. They were willing to do something outside of their comfort zone. I will do one more and then we'll do the rest next week. Passion, the number two. Passion and hunger for God. Passion and hunger for God. We are losing it. We are really doing We are losing it. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with what? With what? All. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It didn't say part of your heart. Part of your soul or part of your mind. Everything you have must plunge into it. Everything. Everything. Everything must plunge into it. I know this is not a message that is very, you know, but these are things that will push us to where we need to really be. You know, when, my, when, when Pastor passed away, to see, this is nine months now. Now I'm reading some of the things that are coming on, on, on WhatsApp, on the phone calls that we get, and all the text messages, messages the, the directors in Nigeria. Pastor Mike, I send you, I mean, 
Almost daily, right? Just keep sending, 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 sending so y'all can pray. And I'm like, it's not one year. And I could see what the enemy wanted to do. Now I'm beginning to understand. I don't understand everything yet. I can't tell you I do. But I'm beginning to realize that this woman here, there's the call here. People are listening to me. They are saying they are getting blessed. Me? They are saying they are getting saved. Someone was going to be killed. Four people were going to be killed. And he, one of them waiting for the guys to go with him. He's sitting down there in a bar and he comes on. He listens to me. Us. Gives his life to Christ and four people didn't die that day. Me. Never wanted this. I could have said, let's, let's get a pastor to come here and be the pastor. I'm a woman. I'm a black woman. And that's the first thing they told me when I went to, when I went to the AG district. I could have sat down. I'm comfortable. I've worked hard all my life. I could have sat down and I would be okay. But I pushed myself. I pushed myself. There are still some days, like all day yesterday. I was in my room. Miss my husband. Miss him like hell. But I'm here today. That's what we all must do. That's all we all must do. That's all we all must do. Come out of your comfort zone. People will listen to you. All you have to do is to step out and say, you know, look at what God has done for me. This is my testimony. Be willing to do it. Afraid. Do it afraid. It's a call this morning for all of us. God is relying on us. If you go to heaven alone, by yourself, you don't take souls with you, that won't be good. That won't be good. That won't be good. Next week we are going to talk, I'm going to continue our passion and hunger for God. We are going to talk about holy living. Holiness, holiness, yes, holiness, righteousness, living a clean life. We're going to talk about fasting lifestyle. Taking time out to wait on the Lord. For Him to sharpen your spiritual senses, to put spiritual hunger in you. I found out that 
There's a connection between physical hunger and spiritual hunger. When you're hungry, your stomach, your spirit is sharp. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about sacrifice. Coming out of, out of your comfort zone, doing something you've never done before. It will cost you something. Familiar, ordinary, is a thief of destiny. If everything about your life is familiar, ordinary, your destiny is being stolen from you. I'm going to talk about intense moments of prayer and worship. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. I'm okay now. Thank you. Thank you. Intense moments of prayer and worship. I'm not talking about 15 minutes of your, your, your devotion. Doing 15 minutes of devotion, I think that's enough for you to touch lives. No. I mean, in, when I say intense, I mean intense. And like I said it before, we have the time. We all do. We know. We all do. When you love a man, you spend time with him. When you love a woman, the time flies by. Look at, my, look at them looking at each other. They can't, every time they are together. All she wanted was to finish residency so they can spend time together. This, I'm like, okay, guys. Yeah, I understand that. When you love someone, you can't wait to spend time with them. So if you're not spending time with the Lord, you don't love him. That's why. You can say you love him. We all can talk. We all can say whatever we want to say. And then reading your Bible every day. Not on Sunday when you come here, only every day. And I have a research. I told them to print some copies. We have some copies out there. Take them home with you. We'll talk about it next week. A study that was done on 40,000 people. Just the general public. What reading of the Bible the, the, the amazing results they found. We'll talk about that next week. So stand to your feet today. All we're asking, all we want God to do is to take us out of our, where we are so comfortable. You know it, I know it, that we can do, I know I can do a whole lot better. And I know you know the same thing too. As they are just playing the music, I want all of us, except if you're very comfortable where you are, you don't want anything extraordinary with God, you're happy where you are, then you can sit down where you are. That's fine. Not everybody wants more. But if you want more, I'm going to be down here too. Nobody's going to lay hands on you. You have the Holy Spirit. I want you to just come here. If you want to kneel down, kneel down. If you want to stand, stand. Whatever you want to do. But pour your heart out to God. It is not enough. This is not enough. The vessel that says it is enough is set aside. Let's tell God what we want this morning. Talk to Him yourself. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. We can do more. God can use every one of us here. There are people dying and going to hell because we refuse to open our mouths. 